I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. Welcome to the Tim's Take, episode nine. He's nine weeks old. Which, at what point do you start counting in months versus weeks? Because I think I'm starting to have a hard time remembering the weeks. Well, I feel like that's probably when you start counting in months because you can't remember the weeks. But I had this experience in pregnancy too. The first maybe 20 weeks, I was like counting week by week by week. And then 20 to maybe like 35 all blurred together. And I could not tell you most of the time what week it was. (laughs) And then week 35 hit and you bet I could tell you what week it was. That's interesting. I don't think we're going to come out the other side with Oliver and suddenly be able to count in weeks again. No, probably not. I think we're on months and years from here on out. I think we're on, on a out. trajectory here. Do you I... know how many months you are old? No. So at some point it transforms into years. Well, yes. I think we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm curious what time frame you go from counting weeks to counting months to counting years. I think it's probably you go to counting half years and then years right because children as they learn to say their own age transition right and they're three and a half or Mm. four and a half i think that's true even Uh, though it's inaccurate they're not usually they're only a half for one day but yes but they're rounding if i say i'm 31 i'm not actually 31 yes that's true good point so anyway this is not our take but this is not our take it could be though Hey, I'm feeling good right now. You feeling high energy? I'm feeling higher energy than I have the last couple of podcasts. Hopefully the listeners haven't experienced it, but there's been a bit of an underlying theme, and I think maybe I talked about it, but I just have felt lethargic and a little, well, frankly, sleepy coming into an episode, but we had a little nap earlier today, and even though it's after 8 o'clock, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. I'm excited for the energy you're going to bring this episode. Yeah, I don't know that the takes are going to be particularly hot, but they will at least come with a little a little fervor behind them. All right, well, kick us off with that fervor. Shall we dive in? All right, listeners, you might have been able, been trying these last nine episodes, eight episodes, I guess, and a trailer to work out how we ever determine the order that we go in. And we have just now worked out the way we're going to do it. So... We're going to rotate who has first word versus last word. So today, every last word in every segment goes to Rachel. Next time, the last word will go to me, and we'll rotate back and forth. You didn't really need to know that, but I know if you're like me, you like seeing a little bit how the sausage gets made, and so now you know. Let's go ahead and get started with lows. My low just came today. Today, we went and took Oliver for his two-month appointment, and he had his vaccinations for those two-month appointments, which is a little sidebar. I'm not interested in getting into any discussion about giving vaccinations or not. I will recommend, if you have questions about vaccinations, check out Emily Oster's book, Crib Sheets. Crib Sheet, I think. There's a chapter in there about vaccination. Rachel read it this morning. And if I had any questions in the back of my mind, which I didn't really, but if I had, that would have put him to rest. So anyway, we'll leave that conversation as a completely separate conversation. But the low was his crying, not when he received the vaccine, because that was fully expected. So at that point, it's just like, oh, poor guy. Of course, you're crying. He had to get three shots in the leg, which that's a rough day for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. The leg is better than other places, I think. I would much rather have shots in my leg than in my arm. But that's because I have some issues with needles in my arms. But 
it's like fears, not issues. Issues sounds like I have some kind of weird history with needles just in the that, arms. Just that it makes you a little woozy, which at this I, point, Oliver's too young to do that. Thankfully. I'm coming in with maybe too much energy right now. I can feel myself just pull it back a little bit. Anyway, so it wasn't that cry when we we're actually in the doctor's office. What was really the low was we came home and then we took him through a, a feed, wake, sleep cycle. And when we put him down to bed, Rachel went off to Trader Joe's and then probably about 30 minutes into his nap, he wakes up and just starts screaming. He was clearly in some kind of distress, seemed like probably some kind of pain, and it was not an easily consoled scream. He did settle down a couple times as I picked him up, but then I just realized it's game over, and so we had to give him some Tylenol, which was expected, but that cry was not a fun cry when you just know it's not the fussy or just the waking up cry it's there's something wrong and i do not like this that was probably my low moment yeah i mean that was gonna be my low not necessarily this moment you you weren't even here for this exactly (laughs) yes but hearing about it driving home from trader joe's was a little heartbreaking i wanted to be here instantaneously Hmm. it's just yeah his what i call his shriek that he has developed more recently that is very rare. He doesn't often get that upset, but it happened earlier this week on Tuesday too. He just, for some reason, woke up in the middle of a nap earlier than he usually does and just that shriek. And it just makes you feel like something is so wrong and you can't do anything. I mean, you can do stuff about it, but the normal things don't necessarily work in the same ways and it's heartbreaking. I don't know that this was quite his shriek, actually. It was definitely more of a constant cry than sort of a scream, if that makes sense. But it was a loud. Yeah. It was a loud cry. Was it high-pitched? No, I don't remember it being particularly high-pitched. Oh, well, then this is a separate low. Yeah, so I, I think it was slightly different. But, I mean, that shriek is piercing. Ooh, it is. I did not know a human could get to that decibel. It is. <laughs> wow. And especially when he feeds and he shrieks, if he is mad that he wants more food and hasn't gotten the other side of the food yet, he just shrieks and it's very close to your ear. Wow. Yeah. That's my low, which piggybacks off of your low. Have you thought about wearing earmuffs? Sort of (laughs) some kind of headphone while you feed, just in case. We did get baby headphones for at one point when we thought we would be going out during the time (laughs) in which your child was an infant to loud things. Then we have little baby earmuffs. Maybe I could borrow those. Yeah, I don't think those will fit. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not calling your head large right now. I think it is larger than uh, his earmuffs. So your low was he's shrieking or driving home or some complex emotion that spans both of those sure we'll call it that i was really gonna go with his shriek but when you called me i was envisioning that shriek and i just felt for him yeah i was really floored that you could not hear him through the phone yeah i'm glad i didn't but yeah it wasn't fun all right let's move on to highs i'll go first i kind of wish i was getting the last word in this episode because i recognize that what i'm about to say makes me sound very petty and unnecessarily competitive with my own spouse but let me just set something up Rachel's been writing out her birth story as to record some of this experience. And I mean, Rachel's actually a really good writer. If you ever have the chance to read Rachel's writing, you should. And maybe someday they'll get a chance to read this. I don't know. 
but I was reading it and there was a part of it where, well, I, I'm a bit of a details person and I like things to be right. And we can tap into the sort of psychology of that another time. But I noticed that there was a detail that was incorrect, which is that Rachel was saying that when we were in the delivery room, we were watching Nadia's Time to Eat on Netflix, which I knew immediately was not correct. I could have swore. I mean, I did. I was very convinced that that's what we were watching in the delivery room after the epidural, post-epidural, I will say. Yeah, and I said we weren't watching that. We were watching Schitt's Creek, which is another show that we watch because I had a distinct memory and it it was on. Rachel was like, I'm a hundred percent. And I said, well, I'm 100%. And folks, this is then where I made my critical error <laughs> yes, is that I want to confirm that I was correct by looking up Netflix history, which fun fact, you can look up Netflix history. You can history. look up your watch activity. And anyone on the account, so mom and dad, we know what you've watched. <laughs> and you can know what we watched so i go to look and my critical error was that i did it in front of matthew i should have done this in secret so that if (laughs) i was proven wrong i could have hid the fact forever and he probably never would have followed up on it but she scrolled and she scrolled until she got to june 27th and there was only one show we watched on june 27th and it was not nadia's time to eat Uh, and in that moment i felt such a thrill of being right even though this is how petty it is because why would any of us expect rachel who was in labor who was in labor albeit with an epidural but was in labor to remember the exact show that we watched at that time when we also watched shows in recovery it it would be far more likely that i would remember the show but i think it was partly how strongly rachel came at me as if my memory was faulty, that I felt so vindicated. I just felt like of anyone who should remember their labor experience, it should have been me. So that's why I was so convinced that I was right. But alas, we watched Nadia's Eats the next day in recovery. Apparently that time was more of a blur than I thought. And in that moment, I felt so good. I said, this is going to be my high for the week. And I put in my phone and I'm sharing it with you now success he's still so thrilled with himself i am i literally can feel kind of a bit of adrenaline moving through my body just that warm glow of being right oh it's intoxicating in an unhealthy way rachel what was your high was it that moment too when you realize your husband has an incredible memory definitely not should have stolen <laughs> that from my low take it back <laughs> take the shriek back <gasps> no my high came this week during dinner on Wednesday when we had Matt's parents over for some dinner, which was great, which mostly involved my mother-in-law cooking most of dinner while <laughs> I took care of Oliver. So it really worked out in my favor. So oh, thanks, thanks mom. mom. But we were all sitting down. Oliver was kind of on the floor and the bouncer. And then at one point as we kind of were finished eating, Matthew went to pick him up. So he picks him up. And I'm sitting next to Matthew and he turns to me. I like how you just started calling me Matthew. (laughs) It's like an instinct. So I only call Matt Matthew and most really in terms of what your family. And it was, yeah, that was instinct. My mom and dad were here. So you're calling me Matthew. (laughs) Carry on. That was very fascinating psychologically. Yeah, that was interesting. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Matt was sitting right next to me and he picks up Oliver and Oliver just locks eyes with me and just starts smiling nonstop. Uh for five minutes and just is looking at me like I'm the best 
thing in the world. And it was so sweet. He's definitely become more smiley over the last few days, especially. But that was the most prolonged. I was not doing anything necessarily to provoke Hmm. those smiles, which usually you kind of find a thing and you keep going with it. Earlier this week, I found out that he gets a kick out of making the bed with me and you kind of tuck him in the sheets and you pull them up over him and you say, we tucked Ollie in and he just starts giggling. It's so cute. But you gotta have to work for that. But this literally, he was just sitting in Matt's arms and just smiling and smiling and smiling at me. And I think Nana and Pops felt a little ignored. I know. I felt They're on the other side bad. of the table. But yeah, he was locked in on mom. It was just the sweetest thing. It was so cute. Yeah, it just meant a lot to me. And of course, his smile brings joy to the whole table. So it's a communal experience when he's that happy, right? Matt and I were talking about it later and he said, do you remember when you <laughs> were worried about liking our child? Is that what I had said when I was pregnant? Yeah, Rachel went through this not prolonged phase but there was a period of time where she was clearly quite anxious about this and she would say do you think we're gonna like our child this was not early this was late in the game we had to be thinking about i was counting weeks again the bag for the hospital right and i said rachel yeah of course i think that that's how it works i mean not obviously there are some horrible situations out there but in most kind of normal situations you everyone loves their child i don't think you have to worry about it well i knew i would love my child but i was very concerned about liking my child which is somewhat of a different thing i guess so and i just realized this week that he's kind of my little buddy like he's my friend which during covid we're definitely not making new friends i can guarantee you that (laughs) and any friendship that we do have is challenging because we don't see people a lot so the fact that i have a new little buddy is a major high. It's fun. It's, it's so fun. It's nice fun. to have someone to play Barchisi with. and <laughs> We're not know. quite there yet. <laughs> oh, okay. But one day. Which is a weird thing. Yeah, he is my friend and he doesn't, you know, communicate other than his smiles, which are very meaningful to this Enneagram too. Mom gets the most smiles and well-deserved. That's great. I've forgotten about that moment, but that was a wonderful moment. I'm really glad we do this because every time you say something, I always say, I forgot about that. So it's helpful. Good documentation. All right. On to takes. Yep. All right. Here's my take. And I think we talked about this already, but we're nine weeks in and it's amazing how quickly nostalgia develops for even the hard parts. Ah, yes. We talked about this earlier this week. This ties in with a moment from today because I was talking about he does not really like being held sort of laying down anymore in your arms. He's just not a fan of that. He'll start fussing very quickly. He likes to be kind of up over your shoulder, looking around or kind of facing out. He likes to see things now that he can see, basically. I guess it makes sense. And I was just talking about with Rachel, like, oh, my goodness, I kind of miss when I could hold him and just kind of cradle him there. And he would snuggle and on And he would snuggle in and I would asleep. watch him fall asleep as I was bouncing him on one of two yoga balls that we have gone through in his lifetime already. And it was just amazing because bouncing on that yoga ball was kind of brutal. (laughs) I would have to do it for a really long time. Your back was sore. My back was so sore initially. Then my abs were sore. My thighs were sore. Lots of me was sore from that. And yet now already, just a few weeks later, I look back and I think, oh, man, that was kind of sweet when I got to hold him like that. Yeah, two months. And there's already things we missed that we feel like we won't get back. It's wild. And I 
ironically he actually let me hold him like that today after i got him up after his screaming gave him some tylenol he was kind of still dozing so i just held him but he let me hold him like that and that was pretty sweet but it's like those times are going to be few and far between now yeah he used to sleep on people all the time that's how he napped for the first five six weeks of his life and then yeah just recently we started putting him down and now that is really what he prefers he doesn't sleep super well on people anymore which is good long term for us but it's yeah kind of sad it's a hard thing and it's letting us record this podcast very easily but it is i am not complaining about his good sleep habits yeah that just kind of blows the mind to me yeah daily matt now comments that i go through pictures of oliver on my phone at night when I, we're getting ready for bed and i'm feeding <laughs> him and i just love looking back and seeing how much he's grown like those first couple pictures i just remember thinking yeah he just looks like a baby and now that i know his face so well and he's kind of grown into it looking back those first day or two pictures he looks like oliver mm. i see it in him now but at the time he just kind of looked blobby creature-ish i mean he still does especially when he wakes up he still does a little bit but you see that what he's gonna look like a little bit more yeah okay that's my take what's yours that's a great take my take is that that is very hard to be creative with play at this point in oliver's life so when he's kind of awake you're both your i don't want to say supposed to because that's not a helpful way to do parenting but it is a good healthy thing to engage with your child when they're awake and so I really want to make an effort that he's not awake large windows right now it's like 60 to 90 minutes and so when he's awake I really want to try to engage with him and be present and connect with him in these ways but it is hard if you've ever sat down and tried to interact with a baby who doesn't respond a lot for 60 minutes that time goes by very slowly sometimes and Mm -hmm. even with toys he can engage with them for a time we got this new play gym this past week and it's super fun it has this whole booklet of things that you can do with kids by age which is very helpful for me in this process of figuring out what to do and play with him but even then it, it lasts his attention for five ten minutes each piece of the play gym and then he's done and you still have 50 minutes to go (laughs) and you're like wow and some people are so good at this one of my favorite instagram accounts to follow is joy eggridge reed and she has now two kids she just had her second kid three days before oliver was born but she's always done instagram with them and just has a super fun way of interacting with them has kind of double personalities where she'll talk for the kids but I've always been super impressed at her ability to entertain both herself and the child and then you know thousands of viewers on Instagram but I just have a hard time finding ways to keep going keep playing with him the whole time that I want to be so if anyone has any ideas about how to engage a two-month-old because I don't. For a long period of time. Both Ra- Matt and I struggle with this. When Rachel's gone, I'm like, wow, she's really good at this. Because this is not, not that not easy. It's not easy. Especially when he's not even looking at you. He's not engaging. Yeah, because he will sometimes look at you and do the whole laughing thing. And that's easy to keep going. But yep. even that, it lasts 10 minutes. And then he's kind of over it. He just doesn't. He gets bored easily. He gets distracted. I mean, I don't think he's getting bored. I just don't think he has the attention span developed. Sure. Well, yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's just I wish I were more creative at playing with him. And I hope I think you're great, actually. I look at you and I'm very impressed because then I sit down with him and I think, what do I say to him? Hello, Oliver. (laughs) Yeah, there's only so many times you can repeat normal phrases without someone responding to you. I tried to get Matt to do an alter ego this week. So we'll see if we can keep that going if we ever share that. Yeah, his alter ego is Olivier. Is a little French baby. It's a very cute. Or as we might say, a baby. So anyway, sourcing any good fun activities to do with a two-month-old or just ways to keep yourself entertained that are still considered engaging with a baby. I like this. This is the crowdsourcing part of the podcast. Yeah. Could and really use some tips. Listen, you don't have to have any experience with babies to offer advice. You know, we are open to just your theories. If you've never even spent time with a child, I still want to know what you would do. Yeah, I'm willing to go through trial and error, experimentation, report back. Ooh. This is a commitment to yeah. our listeners. This is intriguing. So you can email us at timstake at gmail.com. Hey, and listen, I just want to say something here. Because we, we have no mailbag other than a shout out to one of Rachel's friends. But Rachel's friends, I want you to know that if you email timstake at gmail.com, I know I'm usually the one who talks about emailing. But Rachel also reads those. So you really can email that and it goes to Rachel. And I love reading them. And she loves reading them. She loves reading your personal messages too. But, you know, I just, I'm I'm feeling a little left out. And that's a way to include me in kind of the whole reaching out about the podcast. So, Rachel, you do have a shout out to someone who reached out this week though, right? Yes, this is my shout out to Emily Veldkamp. Emily and I were roommates in college at one point in time. Back in the day, she had twin girls a few weeks before we had Oliver. I think she's four weeks ahead. And she reached out. We haven't talked in a long time. And so it was a super fun way to connect and hear how she's doing, getting along. Obviously, we're having very different experiences, but a lot of common ground as well. It was fun to see all the things that we're relating on. And yeah, it's just amazing to hear other moms and dads' journeys through this as we do it really makes you feel like things are normal and you're not alone and i would love to hear a little bit a little bit more of these for those of you who are just contacting rachel not feeling left out over here at all i'm just gonna hold on to the fact that i knew what tv show we watched the day oliver was born it'll keep you going that'll keep me going for a while well i think that's episode nine i'm matt i'm rachel and that's your tim state That's your mistake. I'm Rachel. I'm Matt. We'll talk to you next week. And that's your mistake. Nice try. All right, let's do it the proper way. No, keep that in there. That was funny. <laughs> I'm going to put that on the bumper at the end afterwards. <laughs> Fine. <laughs>